welcome back to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, April 3rd edition of the show. Jake, happy late April Fool's. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't start off with an April Fool's joke in memoriam. Nah, I'm I don't I don't I I failed, I guess. I failed you at did. that task. That, that's did. okay. That's okay. There's always next year, hopefully. Maybe, potentially. Is the phrase there's always next year too presumptive that next year will actually arrive? No. <laughs> Just... <laughs> anyway, on that note, clearly there's a, there's a ton to talk about uh, regarding the ducks this week. Lots, uh, tons, acres of uh, of fields to cover. Jake, I'm just gonna team. I'm gonna throw some things at you, and I just okay. want your I just want your reaction. Okay. I just I just want your God's honest uh, okay. reaction. Okay. That's all. And for anyone uh, out there wondering, there's no topic like the last couple weeks. We're just we got some questions that we'll get to. We're gonna kind of just kind of wing it a little bit. Felix has some things that he wants to throw at me out of the blue, so we'll see how this goes. This is um, this is us clocking in this week. We're, this, we're, clock, this, we're, we're clocking no. in. We're clocking out. Wow, I have a much better analogy <laughs> that actually will make people happy to listen and not just turn just off. Kidding. After that. Totally kidding. This is gonna be like smooth jazz. You don't know what's coming next. It's just vibing, going off, seeing where it goes. The, that's that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Th- this one is for posterity, though. We want to say that we showed up. We we showed up even when things were tough, even when things were dire. And on that note, I'm gonna throw at you my <laughs> first my first factoid. Okay. So the Ducks have now lost eight games in a row, and that ties the franchise record for consecutive regulation losses, Okay, a record that has stood mightily since 1996-97 when the Mighty Ducks lost eight regulation games in a row, consecutive regulation losses. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Have you seen the lineup lately? Have you seen the stats lately? I'm honestly like... Kind of shocked it took this long for this to happen, but then again, the Ducks have also been able to eke out so many different overtime situations throughout the year that I guess I'm not that shocked. Um, but, I mean, we've said it a bunch. This is one of the worst uh, worst five-on-five teams in the analytics era uh, of the NHL. They're, they're absolute garbage defensively. They're pretty bad offensively also uh, on the whole from top to bottom. And so I'm a little bit shocked, although I guess I'm not when I was looking at kind of overtime situations, the Ducks have gotten there a lot, but I guess not that surprised, I guess is the best, the the long way around of getting to just a quick answer. Yeah. And so the, the NHL records website, which by the way, is very useful. And I'm glad I discovered that this year, this team has really prompted me to look, look into history. And so, uh, thank you to the Ducks for, for that, but they, di- they distinguish between losing streak and winless streak. And I guess losing streak is just another way of saying uh, regulation losses. But the longest winless streak, which would include overtime losses, and I guess going back into history would also include ties, uh, that, is actually, that is still held by the 18-19 Ducks at 12 games. So a- another team near and dear to our hearts, which we did a lot of podcasts about. Yep. Let me ask you this. If you were to do a seven-game series between the both healthy versions of the 1819 Ducks and the 2223 Ducks, who wins? And and let me uh, let me throw in another caveat that this is the roster at the start of the season. Pre okay, pre-trade that, deadline. That was kind of where I was gonna get at. I was like, 
Which eighteen nineteen ducks are we talking? about I don't here? even remember who was on that team, but I just I'm just throwing stuff at you, and I'm 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 seeing where it sticks. I am going to the eighteen nineteen ducks uh, player page. Uh, I mean, they had Ryan Getzloff's Pontus Aberg playing hey. forty eight games. Yeah, Pontus Aberg, Daniel Sprong wasn't there after the deadline though, um, or That's was right. he? Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was traded at the nineteen. The yeah. The, the 20 deadline. Yes. This was <laughs> this was the one that they brought in Daniel Sprong. So they would have had Daniel Sprong. Are we including Andre Kasha? Yes. If including health. Just whatever ideal optimized version of each team you want to use. Jake Dotchin, you know, pa- Patrick Eves, who I think played. Then then 18-19. Patrick Eves didn't play a game that year, I don't think. Then 18-19. I think 18-19 is just a better team overall. Ryan Kessler played five games that year, but let's just say Ryan Kessler is healthy in this hypothetical. Well, um, is, is it Ryan Kessler healthy at that age, or is, oh, wait, are we talking? Did I say five take, games? Never mind. He played sixty games. Sixty. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Yes, he had eight. You you saw five goals. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you you equated difference. goals to games. Difference. <laughs> Big difference there. Corey Perry was still on that team. God. Yeah. Was eighteen nineteen kind of the the final version of that era of the Ducks? Uh yes, because nineteen twenty. Well, I mean, Corey Perry was bought out. That yeah, summer. that summer Ryan Kessler was yeah. gone that year. Yeah, uh, Andrew Cogliano was traded during that season for Devin yeah. Shore. Yeah, uh, that was pro- probably the last version of that. That, that was, was the, the last. That was the blow up year. Yeah, Brandon Montour was traded that summer or that season uh, to Buffalo. Like that wasn't a full blow up, but that was like the end of that era. I think. Yeah, I mean but, that co- that completely ended that that kind of mid 2010s era. But yeah, eight, 18 19 ducks. Well, need I remind you that Kiefer Sherwood was on that team. Another another podcast favorite. So, also that may have been John Gibson's last like peak season. Huh, I don't I mean John Gibson's had a little bit of a resurgence this year, but yeah, he was he was very, very good. Like, that are, year. what? Which John Gibson are you taking? Eighteen, nineteen, John Gibson, or twenty-two, twenty-three? John like, Gibson? I don't think John Gibson has gotten worse at playing goalie. I just think that he's just had so many more miles on his body since that time. But he was fresher then, so I would take him at that point. I mean, also Ryan Miller yeah. was a fantastic eight, backup. Eighteen, nineteen. He had a twenty-six point nine GSAX. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. I think that that year. Yeah. In part is why he is why he's been the way he's been the last few years. Yeah. So Mighty Flow Hockey saying 18, 19, and 4. I'll go five. You know what? Give me these ducks. Give me these 22, 23 ducks and seven. You know, they've they've got more youth, they've got more speed. They've got Lucas Dostal as a fantastic insurance policy if Gibson falters. Some puck moving on the back end. Why not? <laughs> I mean, the eighteen nineteen ducks were pretty bad too. Well, let's just no. I mean, uh, the, on paper though, they look. I mean, they look so much better. It's it's not even close. So yeah. But but yeah. I'm giving I'm giving these ducks some some credit. How do we how do we? Uh, oh man, we're that, just we're that was Marcus com- that was Marcus Pedersen's last season as a duck. Too. Also, beat all saying after you just said Miller was a great backup for the the eighteen nineteen season. You you had both Dostal. Both can be true. Um, Why can't both be true? Um, and how, how do we, uh, pit the, the coaches against each other? Oh man, that is a fantastic question. Are, are, are we considering Randy Carlisle or are we considering Bob Murray? Oh, wow. 
<laughs> man, that is, <laughs> yeah, that, man, th- the last few years have been an adventure, but I will go, let's say Randy Carlisle's behind the bench. Okay. I, I think, oh, man, am I, am I going to say this? In either scenario, the 1890 Ducks have a coaching advantage. Like, is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I like, think it's fair to say. As bad as Randy Carlisle was, he at least under, understood the basic principle of just play your best players the most minutes and stack them up in the top six. Like, that's the only thing I think we can give him credit for is that he at least played the better players. Whereas with Dallas Akins, there's like this unending quest to, you know, portion out the lineup however you possibly can and... You know, you're always managing minutes, whereas it's like, dude, sometimes you just got to let your horses go. So, yeah, Randy, Team yeah. Randy here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw something else at you, another, okay. another factoid. Okay. Let's see, where is it? Okay. With one more win, or sorry, with one more regulation loss, the Ducks will clinch the franchise record for lowest standing points in an 82-game season. So one more standings loss, and they can't possibly have more points than the next lowest. That's honestly, that is actually very shocking when you factor in that there were not, or that there were still ties back then. Yeah. When the Ducks team came into the league. This is a really bad team. Well, and there are people out there that want them to be worse. I mean, looking at these records, looking at these factoids that I'm throwing at you, Going through this thought exercise of would they even beat one of the worst teams I've ever seen play, which is the 1819 Ducks. The fact that, like, given all of that, it's just like, what more do people really want? You can't go 0 for 82. And even if you go 0 for 82 in a regular season, you still have the exact same odds at first overall that you did if you barely squeaked out the, the first overall odds. Yeah, like I get people, it's like if you're... It's honestly like in a in a playoff race, right? You're going to live and die with the wins and losses and you're going to look back on those losses negatively and really hold true to that. But at the end of the day, when you look at the global 20 game like a 20 game stretch and a team goes 18 and 2, even in that m- middle of it, if you have that one loss and maybe you're you're 2 and 1 or 3 and 1, and you're like, "Oh no, they they're not going to make it." But in the global stretch of it all, they're doing fine. From that yeah. perspective, it, it's almost that completely reversed where yeah. you're not going to this Ducks team five on five play has been bad. It's not really going to flip, uh, flip a switch at any point this season. It, it just hasn't, it's not going to. <laughs> and, um, and so I just, I, I think worrying about this is, I think you can, you can want them to lose so that they can improve their draft odds. Last night was, I think a good example. Well, of they're that two where, points out of last. Yeah. Like, and they I mean, are now, right there. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean that honestly, if we want to talk about anything over the last week is from, is the biggest development from the duck side of things, which is that the sharks, I think the sharks had lost like 14 straight or something like that. And they finally have started picking up some points, which was bound to happen because their five on five numbers are actually not. Yeah. Horrible. They won, they won three in a row. They were bound to have some regression from the goaltending side of it. And they've now picked up some points and put some space between them and the ducks and the Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets in a similar way. They Last night, I think against, uh, who were they playing? The Panthers? Or no, not the Panthers. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched the game. and They I'm won spacing. a game, right? Is that why Aaron Portsline was going apeshit with a, a thread on Twitter today? Why? What did he do? I don't know. I mean, it sounds, he his thread was basically the same as the conversation, quote unquote, we've been having with fans this season, which is like, 
Yes, it sucks. Oh, the sense. Mighty Flow Hockey says the hens. Sends. Yeah, the yeah. the 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 Blue Jackets uh, were able to tie the game, and then overtime they scored the winner, yeah, and it, that was like bound to happen. It's like, going to sure, happen. Yeah, they they got outplayed in that game, but there were other games along the stretch where they didn't get outplayed. Same thing with the Blackhawks. Blackhawks watched their most recent game against the Blues, and they Why? outplayed the Blues in that. At this point, this Why? is what I'm watching down the stretch: is other teams in the tank off to root against or root for them to win why it's it's all i have felix it's all you, i have you have plenty you have plenty else like, I, that's true that is true that is fair but anyway. no i'll throw on the games near the end if they're tight just to see what happens um yeah. but yeah they're like the blackhawks are probably gonna pick up some points here the ducks down the stretch down these last couple games might win a game or two it's, like it's gonna happen and we'll just see where it lies I mean, this is the ducks are pretty much at this point in time locked into a bottom four position from the um from the draft perspective. I think I think people their only the only legitimate gripe is that they could still fall out of the top 4. That it's still yes. technically possible. Not right now. But well, yes. But yes, like over the rest of the season it's still technically possible that that happens, but it's just one of those things where you just got to let it play out. Like they are you really couldn't ask for a much better position than the one the Ducks in the Ducks are in right now, except being in last, like having this flipped. Like how much worse could they possibly be than these other teams? Than Columbus yeah, and Chicago. So I must have missed this. Yeah, the Ducks are now. Let me think about this. Yeah, the Ducks have now clinched a bottom four draft position role after that loss last night. Yeah, because they are ten points behind Montreal with five games left, and even if the Ducks won all five of those, they wouldn't have the same amount of regulation wins as Montreal. So the Ducks are now locked into that bottom four yeah. position. Um, well, but so, that's bottom four odds. So like yes. they, or top four odds, but you can still fall out of the top four. Yes. From Sorry. Position. It was just something I was curious to look up to see if they had clinched that or not. I mean, the only fan base that I think should legitimately be pissed is the Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Because somehow they've just escaped this realm altogether. And it's yeah. just like no one's talking about it, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Flyers also could be in that situation. Well, the Flyers, I mean, the Flyers were trying to be competitive this season. Like, yeah. they're here by accident. So. Yeah. Anyway. So, I mean. Well, well did, you, did you see what John Tortorella is doing? Oh he's yeah, old. he's he's done that before though. This is not a new thing from Tortorella. He did that, I think, like in Vancouver. Well, regardless of the novelty, like, what do you think about him letting assistant coaches be the head coach down the stretch and him just not being on the bench? You know, I think it's not a horrible decision for a game or two. I think it's an admission that players tune him out, honestly. Well, I think it's an admission of wanting to watch the game from higher up to be able to see what's happening. I think at least it's an admission yeah. that something has to change, and. I don't know. I, I think if you're doing that for every game, it's just showing you're checked out. But I think if you do it for a game or two just to get a different perspective, I think it's a valid thing to do. No, I actually, I, I actually don't hate it either. I think, yeah. it, I think it's interesting, and I think that I think John Tortorella is, despite what kind of all our gripes with him, is definitely one of the more respected coaches in the NHL. Probably, and you know, both from players, media, like he's very well respected. And so for him to do that, I mean, it shows. It shows something, and it shows that, hey, maybe other coaches who don't have nearly that level of cachet should maybe follow along. Not not pointing anyone out in, in particular who may or may not be coaching the Ducks, but just, just I mean, why was why was Nikita Nestorenko scratched against Calgary? I mean, it was probably, I mean, it's the same thing we saw from him with Zegers down the stretch, what was that, two years ago now, where he scratched him in back-to-back games? Yeah, I mean, I guess he just can't handle it. You know, he's tired. Someone yeah. Someone replied to me, he must be sore. And so he's new so that, you know, they got to rest him. It's like, dude, do you think 
back-to-backs don't exist in college hockey or that this guy's never played back-to-back hockey games in his life. Like I get that the NHL is a, is a heavier lift, but it's not as if he's playing 20 minutes either. So mm-hmm. anyway, right. I mean, the, 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 the chances that the Dallas Aikens era continues beyond the season to me have like cratered in the last Eight games, yeah. basically. Um, all right. Anything else you want to hit before? We have some a lot of Discord questions, so we're going to start there. Yeah, let's do it. All right. And some of these are big big ticket, big picture items, so we can definitely spend some time on them. No need to make it quick hitting. Shaken Wings asked, though, said, Jake, if you could have your ideal Ducks offseason, what would occur? Basically, Jake is the GM starting tomorrow. What do you do this offseason? What prospects do you bring to the big league? And what type of player would you trade for? Um, and then after I do that, Felix, you were supposed to give me a grade on what I do after that. Oh, okay. I like this. So you aren't giving any input on this outside of just giving me a grade. So now That's I'm going fine. to the ducks cap friendly situation. So, um, so I think you let Megna walk. You obviously extend Zegris, like all those the easy items, extend Troy Terry. Uh, I would give an extension to, to Maxime Comtois, see him underneath a new coach. Um, and so no Derek Grant being back, uh, no Jason Megna. Um, can I also do buyouts? Can I do a bunch of stuff right now? I mean, you're the GM. Why are you asking me? Am I, the, am I Henry Samuali here? Um, and then do I buy out Jacob Silverberg? Again, I, you just said no input from me. Damn it. So um, I'm going to take right. out well, your word and say, I, I'm going to say I'm nothing. Not, I'm not going to do that. So I need to fill, what is that? Like three spots or two spots as of right now is where that's at. Um, so I would trade for uh, Jesper Bratt. I would trade a first round uh, top five protected or top 10 protected first round pick plus Jackson Lacombe for uh, for Jesper Bratt. Bring him in, extend him, bring him, uh, have him there, add him to that top six um, in that spot. I would call up uh, Jacob Perot. Um, I would for the defense, this is the more interesting part because it's really only Cam Fowler and Jamie Drysdale as of right now. So I would just go for it and call up Drew Hellison for the right side. I would call up, uh, Olin Zellweger. I would have Pavel Minchukov, uh, on the team. And that leaves, what is that one right hand D that you have to sign at the end of that? Um, and so I would probably go out and just sign more. I mean, sign Kevin Shattenkirk just to kind of make it somewhat realistic. And so there's your your six defensemen for the team. Cam Fowler, Jamie Drysdale, Olin Zellweger, Pavel Menchukov, Drew Hellison, Kevin Shattenkirk. Okay. And so for the forwards, yeah. I, I lost track of how this many guys. This is for I, next season? For next season. This is if I was general manager. You haven't addressed the do. elephant in the room. Oh, Sorry, didn't even think about that part. Um, I would, you know what? Screw it. Let's include John Gibson in that deal with the Devils. Oh wow! And, you you and went then, a different direction. And then keep Jackson Lacombe. John Gibson is the centerpiece <laughs> of that deal. John Gibson is a devil. Yeah, John Gibson is a devil. <laughs> okay, well, you still haven't addressed the, I guess, the woolly mammoth in the room. Assuming those are bigger than elephants. What? What did we what? just spend a few minutes talking about? about someone in Philly and how the Ducks oh, have oh, so, someone oh, in that position. Sorry, who I was only thinking about players. Uh, I would hire Andrew Burnett. Okay. No Ricard Gronborg? I would hire Andrew Burnett. Okay. 
Okay. All right. What, that, you, what grade that, would you give me? I would give you. There's something you did that I didn't like, but I'm forgetting what it is. Was I think, it call up, call up Perot and Tracy? Well, so ex, that's for ex, like the stretch run of this season. No, this is for next season. That's for next year? Yeah. I'm not a sold on that, but I think overall I'll give you a B plus. Okay. I'll take it. I haven't worked this was just me shooting off the shooting off it and yeah, given I don't this, really have a lineup. G- I didn't the, have the numbers. The D was much easier to figure out quickly. Given the given the totality of the circumstances, I I might bump your grade up maybe Thank to you. an A minus. Thank you. But yeah, that's uh it's it's, it's a fine off season. Speaking of coaches, uh what'd you make of the Elliot Friedman report? <laughs> what was the report? Was that today? About- the no the one from what was it last week on the the article when he had mentioned about uh Paverbeek supposedly being interested in the uh yes Austrian um yeah for for the AHL yes that was the key in that article and, and yep. that's why like I I don't know I mean I don't really think that it really it has any bear I mean it might not have any bearing on the NHL I think the only thing that's intriguing about that is that he does seem to have a broader scope and that is encouraging. I mean, yep. it's certainly a more intriguing hire than Roy Sommer was last year. I mean, cause that's the definition of retread, at least at the AHL level. Um, so it's interesting, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really make too much of that as far as the NHL level is concerned. Yep. I agree with that. Oh, app AG saying you forgot about, or the Regenda uh, agenda. Yeah. Pavel Regenda on the ducks. Okay. So who are you taking off? Uh, buy out Jacob Silverberg. I just don't think that's worth it. That's my issue with that. I I would rather just bite the bullet for next season as opposed uh, that, to have money for him beyond next season. Send him to Robita Island. Yeah, there's just there's better ways than to buy buying him out. I think find an injury and go on LTIR for the season. <laughs> the John Moore impact. <laughs> wow. Okay. Find an injury is a John John Moore has it has been a duck all season. That's true. It has just been on LTIR. He's just collecting are we, NHL checks. Are we checks. sure John Moore's been hurt since last year? Are we sure he ex- I mean, are we sure he exists? I don't know if John Moore actually exists. Do we have any is there been any articles or any updates on John Moore in the last 12 months? I what was or I guess it in- be 8 months? What would it, what was his injury anyways in the first place? Uh, I don't know. It must have been something pretty bad or career threatening for him Do to Do you think I mean, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, definitively, yes. Are we sure? What What's the benefit to him to sit out like this? That he gets L- to stay in the NA? That I mean, it was NHL? because he was on LTIR with the with the Ducks. Let's see. Uh, released injury updates. More is in the. In fact, he. Uh, Are you looking at player conf- news? I'm looking at this pro hockey rumors website that has they. Than when the Ducks released there hasn't been an updates. update on him on daily faceoff since March 21st of last year. The Ducks also confirmed that Moore remains injured following his acquisition uh, from the Boston Bruins. Oh, he is on injured reserve dealing with a concussion. Oh, and so that's you should possible. feel bad. You should I feel, feel bad. I, I feel a little bad. This right is now. your Carson Briere moment. This might be, <laughs> you know, maybe. Um, all right, let's let's keep going though. Yes. Uh, live in Z life. We have some quick ones. Sam, are the ducks winning or are we winning? Uh, they're not playing, but yes, they're winning. Let's just, there go we that. go. That, that's the right answer. Our good friend Bobo is saying, why am I, why is he still sick? I don't know. 
He's so looking t- for you to give him an answer to his life problems. Maybe and you're just saying you don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Condolences. I feel like a lot of people are sick right now. I was sick. I still have this damn cough, though. Um, Olaf is Berserker said, what's been your favorite uh, Ducks moment this season? Wow. Favorite <laughs> moment. There's a lot to choose from. Honestly, maybe it's just because that's when I was paying the most attention. But that little stretch of games where Lucas Dostal got called up and, and had a couple of like really solid yeah. performances and wins. Yeah. The one against Edmonton where he stopped like 46 shots or something. Yep. That was fun. I yeah. had a good time with that. Yeah. I, I think th- I'll go with that also because, yeah. Wow. Wow. Just just piggybacking. I mean, there's not a whole lot of favorite Ducks moments. I mean, I could go with the season, the, the season opener. That was a really fun <laughs> game. The Ducks ended up winning in overtime, right? Wait. Who do they play? Was it the Kraken? Seattle. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sure. That or I think there was the overtime winner against the Red Wings. There, Honestly, there the, the highlight of the season for me was the two weeks leading up to the trade deadline where just my Twitter was a fuck, was a dumpster fire and people <laughs> were just really upset that nothing was happening. That was really a highlight for me. Really enjoyed and then, that. And then the Ducks got Nestorenko out of it. I mean, he's been solid. He looks, yeah. he looks like an NHL player, but you know. Do, does that redeem that trade? I don't think that that trade needs redeeming. But let me let me rephrase it. Yeah, from the public perception side of it, does I that think, redeem I, the trade? I think Nestorenko needs to become like a regular for for those folks to to be satisfied. Yeah. By the way, B Doll saying, "I want to find a girl that loves me like Felix loves Dostal <laughs> or Dostal." Okay. <laughs> oh, is it because I said he's a good backup earlier? I mean, am I wrong? He is. He is the best numbers of any Ducks goalie this well, season. Well, it's also you saying that your favorite memory of the season is when Dostal had. I mean, what really... else? I mean, you said yourself that there's not much to choose from. <laughs> there, there really isn't a whole lot to choose from. Also, that like two week stretch was when I was on winter break, so that's when I was paying the most attention. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. There was the Zegers between the legs goal, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We could. We're, we we get at least one like oh crap Zegers moment a year and, and yeah. that was it. So. Oh, way more. I'd say once a month. My fa- my favorite was um you know when all, when like two players just out of nowhere just guys just started leaving to to go you know tend to their their newborn children. That that was a trend that just popped up out of nowhere. My was, my, fa- was my favorite my part. favorite was when the internet decides to become um, lip reading detectives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did I forget about that? <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. Just the absolute shitstorm of people thinking they like it wasn't just a shitstorm. Like it was just like it wasn't just people like you know it wasn't just random like bots in the in the replies. It was like actual hockey journalists, people yeah. that were like yeah. chiming in, adding yeah. to the the bad takes. And man, yeah, oh man. Yeah. That was the uh, highlight. You're right. My, Mighty Flow Hockey saying the best 30 seconds of the season were between uh, Zegers' Michigan and the time it took to call that goal off. I was at that game. That was the turning point of the season. <laughs> that was that was it. Like, if that goal goes in, if that goal counts, I think that was a game on TNT as well. Was that is that goal the difference between yes. uh, being in the lottery and being in the playoffs? Yes. I think I think so. I think you can draw a very straight line. <laughs> we're, we're at that point of this podcast, I see. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like the, right. the the West has been so bad this year. 
Like, yeah. I, I shouldn't say bad, but like, there's it's just not deep. Yeah. So. All right. Before we keep moving, I say it's time for us to have a word from our sponsor. So. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Uh, Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. They make eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of uh, recipes to suit your preferences. Uh, so in honor of Earth Mother or Earth Month, uh, we're offering a collection of brand new limited time only recipes made with sustainable earth-friendly ingredients all through the month of April, the premium recipes featuring sustainably sourced seafood, organic proteins, produce, and eggs, uh, and ingredients with a low carbon footprint. That's not uh, the only way we're celebrating Mother Earth this April. We're partnering with One Tree Planted to plant trees in northern Thailand to combat food insecurity in vulnerable communities. We'll plant one tree for every box sold, and you can fill up with Protein Packed, their newest collection of recipes fit for a high-protein dietary preference. Choose from three weekly menu items, and each including 40 grams of protein on average per serving. You can inspect a variety of satisfying and flavorful recipes like Greek chicken salad with mint olive tapenade, uh, enchilada spiced turkey bowls, and almond-crusted barramudi. And you can now choose from 30-plus recipes with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. And you can get everything you need at Green Market, their one-stop shop for quick breakfast breakfast uh brunch kits uh wholesome lunches and more that you can easily add to your weekly order and so green chef so you know has options for every lifestyle it's the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you not the other way around they have options for every lifestyle whether you're keto protein packed vegan vegetarian fast and fit mediterranean or gluten-free and as the only keto meal kit green chef makes sticking a carb conscious lifestyle easy and they're so sustainable that you can celebrate earth month with recipes featuring premium proteins seasonal organic produce and sustainably sourced seafood they are also the only meal kit that off that both carbon and plastic offset they offset 100 of delivery emissions in your uh to your door as well as 100 of the plastic in every box Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the U.S. Um, and with Green Chef, you're reducing your food waste by up to 23% versus grocery shopping. It's also just so convenient and easy. Welcome to welcome warmer weather with delicious, easy-to-follow recipes to support your healthy lifestyle and taste good, too. Try balanced, crave-worthy meals fit for vegetarians, vegan, keto, protein-packed, Mediterranean, fast and fit, or gluten-free preferences. Uh, and you can make time for more exciting plans and new goals this spring with their convenient and nutritious recipes. Try fast and fit recipes for under 750 calories and ready in less than 25 minutes. Plus, cut down on meal prep with pre-portion or pre-portion and prepped ingredients, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings. Um, and yeah, Green Chef has been kind enough to send us boxes, and I can say they're all so so delicious. I mean, if you look at their menu. Their menu always has fantastic stuff. I always go back to, I, there was a quesadilla the other week that I got that had uh, ground turkey in it that had um, that had uh, some veggies in it. It was just so delicious. And looking at their menu right now, they have some organic chicken with goat cheese and pesto. You can order um, chili ginger pork tenderloin, Peruvian style bear moody with chimichurri. Everything on their menu, I can guarantee, is absolutely delicious. Um, and so... You can go to greenchef.com slash ctp60 and use code ctp60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's once again, greenchef.com slash ctp60 and use code ctp60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's once again, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Okay, next question. 
Next question. Uh, JJ Stone Drum says, start, sit, bench, duck slash Honda Center edition. <laughs> okay. Goalhorn, Brohim, Wild Wing. Oh, okay. Uh, start, Wild Wing. Let's go start, sit, scratch. Okay, whatever. Uh, start, whatever. start, Wild Wing. Okay. Bench. Hmm. Bench bro him because I think bro him is cool, and then cut. Uh, yeah, whatever the goal. The goal horn. Goal horn's not a big deal. I'd flip it. I would. I would cut the goal horn. I would start bro him. I would bench Wildwing. Okay. Disrespectful. But I think. I, I think we're both in agreement there. Disrespectful, but that's that's all well and good. All the right, most that, unique thing of those three is not your starter. That is. <laughs> that's something. Hmm. I don't know. Um. Ducks Dragonette said the Ducks have stockpiled a solid pipeline of prospects, particularly on the blue line. How many of those prospects actually end up as Anaheim Ducks and which ones get flipped in a year or two for some win now players? So we're talking about the entire Ducks pipeline? Uh, yes. Uh, let me let me look into my crystal ball here. I mean, realistically, I think you have to. There was a good discussion about this on the recent PDO cast with Mitch Brown and I think you have to be somewhat realistic. Like, yes, a lot of the, a lot of the Ducks' prospects are very good. I mean, you think of guys like Tyson Hines, Noah Warren on the back end, and there's a lot of promise there. But you have to keep in mind that it's just not the norm for every single prospect to to pan out. It's it's actually it never works that way. So I'm gonna kind of echo what Mitch Brown was saying there, and I think the only true locks right now in that system are Zellweger and Minchukov. I think you can make a case that maybe one more in that group is is a lock. Like I think Tyson Hines is really really solid. I think that at least just from what I've seen from like an Ian Moore, even a Jackson mm-hmm. Lacombe, I think one other one out of those will hit. But yeah. after that, it's all it's all bets are off. Like that's just the way it works. Yep. And that, I mean, at the end of the day, that gets the Ducks five defensemen. Yeah. yeah like that's not a, the, it's not a bad the, outcome. That, that's including Drysdale and Fowler. So if we're taking Fowler and just purely looking at kids. That gives them four defensemen yeah, from their system. Like, that's insane. That's so good. Your top four is all from your drafted system. So that's really good. From the actually ending up on the Ducks from the forward perspective, where do you fall on that? From the forward perspective, I mean, the Ducks the Ducks forward pipeline is not that – it's not it, that inspiring. Well, it's tough because you take McTavish and you take Zegers out of there and other systems yes. they are still considered prospects. Well, they're not prospects. Like no, no, no. no. I, but I, but in, in other, if they're not in the NH, like just based upon age, is more so what I'm getting at. Is that they would still be considered prospect well, by okay. some people? Well, guys that are not in the NHL. So yeah. the question is, how many do I think will make it to the NHL and become yeah. regulars? Yeah. I mean, who would you bet on right now to to become an NHL regular? Uh, between Nathan Gaucher and either either one of Perot or Tracy, who has better odds? Like, oh. is there better odds that Gaucher makes it or that just one of Perot or Tracy makes it? Because I think it, it might still be better odds that Gaucher makes it at this point. I like, think one, I think one of Perot or Tracy. I mean, that's the that's odds. the safer pick. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, those guys have not really trended in a super encouraging direction. So, I like Gaucher. I think that he has an NHL future. That I think that he's a little yeah. under underrated because I think that the the kind of view of him is he's just this big guy who is just like this big physical presence. But 
there's more to his game. I mean, we saw it in the World Juniors. Like he has he has a playmaking element to his game. He's not just Braun. Now, is he going to be able to do that at the NHL level? That's a completely different conversation. But there's there's a player in there. But man, after that, like up front, it's just not super encouraging. I mean, there's still Artem Galimov. <laughs> who we, I don't know what we're doing with that. Connor Vitston just like randomly signed with San Diego or with, did he sign an ELC or was it an ATO with the goals? I think it was an ATO regardless. Like it's just, there's not a whole lot going on there. Do you think Tristan? Oh Luneau, yeah. ATO, ATO and he's uh, contract kicks in. Do, next do you year. think Tristan Leno is a lock for the NHL? Ooh, that's someone's name that we did not mention. Yeah. I think Leno is an NHLer, which adds another person. I think my issue with Leno is that he's got so much offensive potential and, you know, everything that he does is really thanks to his kind of smarts and his skill. But it still remains a question of, is he going to be able to bring that to the NHL at the pace that's necessary? So I don't know if I'd have him as a pure lock. Like, really, the only guys, and it's a boring take, that I think are locks are Zellweger and Minchukov. I'd put him close to that. I mean, he's having an insane season for his draft plus one. He is. I mean, it's not to take anything away. It's just... yeah. We'll just have to um, see. Yep. And so, uh, which ones get flipped? I cannot tell you right now. Bo Grew? Maybe. Bo Grew? Sasha right. Pasajov? Pasajov's J- going to be interesting Judd, when he Judd makes Caulfield. the Caulfield? Yeah. All right. Moving on. We we have so many questions. We are yeah. 40 minutes in, so we should start actually we gotta, going quicker. We, we got to power through. All right, because uh, we got Twitter and we still have uh, Twitch and everything like that. So, uh, ninety-one Plutie, our good friend Connor says, "What size Matvey Mitchkov jersey does he need to order Felix?" Uh, for for which team? I don't know. He just said, "Order you." If the Habs draft him, I'll be happy. Sure. Okay, what's what size? Medium. There you go. Medium. Uh, Jeffrey K said, "Who are you guys cheering for through the rest of the season and throughout the playoffs, if anyone at all?" That's a good question. So, man, how about in the Eastern Conference? Okay. Who who would you pick? I would probably honestly go the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple I, Leafs or New Jersey Devils are my I, two. I knew, I knew you were going to say both of those. Yeah. Uh, it, it Like, Toronto, it's a situation of... They're the la- they're they're the butt end of the joke, right? And yeah. they've had such good teams. And at a certain point, the they butt end a- of the joke needs to like actually like do something. Yeah, like, it, it's and, not. And, and, yeah, and it's just like because they're actually good, and you want to see that rewarded. And New Jersey, same thing. They I, they've built a really good team. They play really good hockey. Really fun. Really like it's funny. The Devils for so long were the the team stuck in the Stone Age with with Lou Lamarillo there, and now they have one of the most now aggressive the teams and most up like fast fast paced up tempo teams there is. And I mean, it's not out of the question that they pass Carolina. No, it's not. You know, I I hate to say it, but I do kind of want to see Toronto get over the hump finally. Yeah, I don't I don't care about Toronto. I don't care about the franchise itself. I just it's just the storyline. I just want to see them kind of, I want to see something else out of that team. Cause it's kind of boring for it to be the same story every single year. Yeah. And then out West Edmonton. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that take. Honestly, it's, the same, it's almost, it's almost the same thing as the Toronto. Yeah. It's, it's, Toronto the sa- view. it's the same thing. Cause it's like, there's so many narratives around that team that just aren't accurate. Like the goaltending, the, the depth, the, the, what have you like, They've been really, really good this season, and 
I don't know. Like I just Colorado's tough, but I I want to see the Oilers shed that as well. Can you imagine an Oilers Leafs final? Yeah. That. Like just from purely an on ice perspective would be fantastic. It would, it would be great. I wonder what ESPN execs would think about that. Or is this a TNT Cup final year? Because I know that they're going to be alternating. I don't know. I don't know I when that. I hadn't even in. thought about that. Um. All right. Ducks Dragonet said most overrated player by fans on the Ducks and most underrated. Most overrated by fans on the Ducks. Hmm. Overrated is Derek Grant. Yeah. Probably. Underrated. No. No. Mac- no. No. Actually, no. It's not him. It's Simon Benoit. Yeah, that's a good take. I think that, people still think, oh, he's this solid blah, blah, blah. It's like, nope, he's just bad. Underrated. Mighty Flow Hockey's throwing Cam Fowler. Fowler's a good one. Honestly, at this point this season, I'd say Max Comtois. Yeah. Max Comtois is just underrated because he gets so much hate. I mean, I think yeah. Shattenkirk might be underrated at this point. Yeah, I think so also. that That's a good is, one. Uh, is, it's Trevor's, on, is Trevor Zegers underrated by the fan base? Potentially. <laughs> TNT, by the way, is uh, it has the cup final this year. <laughs> okay. So Th- thank you for that information. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I, I'm I, really, <laughs> I'm really glad I get to see Paul Bissonnette talk about yeah. the most meaningful games. Talk, talk about the most meaningful games that he never played in. <sighs> Isaac asked, uh, what teams do you think will come out on top from each division for conference finals and cup finals? Oh my gosh. So uh, just project, just shoot from the hip. We're going quick. Shoot from the hip. Who comes out of the, so who comes out of the Atlantic? Atlantic Toronto who comes out of the Metro I mean it's it's got to be New Jersey okay we're we're in agreement there the Central Colorado I'm gonna go Minnesota no don't do that you know gotta be a little contrarian and Foolish. I, I don't want to have the same exact things as you and then the Pacific <laughs> Philip Gustafson has been great uh yes it's Edmonton so we have Edmonton. Okay, and then Cup Final, Edmonton, Toronto. Are we in agreement there? Does Toronto Does, beat New Jersey in a series? Probably not. I would think the Devils make it. Yeah, it's probably. I think Devils Oilers is probably a better, a better yeah. matchup. Yeah. All the right. Two, Ducks, the two best teams from each conference. Ducks Jaggernaut said, "What items do you? Th- or sorry, uh, are the expectations for next season drastically changed by the results of getting Bedard versus not getting Bedard?" Or is it still the same big picture view? Let's say Bedard versus Fantilli. I think it's still. I think either way, it's still pretty similarly like because you still you you still got to build up the rest of the roster. Like for as good as Connor Bedard will be right away in the NHL, like he needs a supporting cast for this team to make noise. And so I still think that it's a similar timeline each way, but it gets it gets shorter on the back end with Bedard, of course. Yeah. All right, Lauren H seventy three gave us a question that I don't think we have the time to go fully into, but let's just give a top line for this. When the Ducks win the Cup in the hopefully not so distant future, who's on the roster? Uh, top line, current and future Ducks allowed. Let's Wait. just do. Let's oh, just okay. do a, a very quick like top six. Top six. Oh my god. Okay. Um, it's gonna be Zegers, Terry, Bedard, <laughs> Mc McTavish, Brat. And uh, let's go with who do I want to? I, I feel like I'm forgetting about Max someone. Jones. Max, Max Comtois. Let's go, Max Comtois. On the okay, line. okay, sure. Um, and then the the four defensemen are Fowler, Drysdale, uh, Zellweger, Shattenkirk as your four. There we go. Okay, okay. Uh, the puff uh, said it's Mason McTavish, the duck, next Ducks caption, Ducks captain. I think it's Why Terry. Will, 
why will it be him and nobody else? I think it's Terry also. I don't think he's the next. I don't think McTavish is the next captain. No, I don't think. I don't think any of the young young guys are. I think it's Terry. Um, oh, mighty flow hockey. Yeah, left wing is going to be Corey Perry coming back to the Ducks next year. It's going to be great. Uh, Dejan said, now that it's been a season uh, for Aikens without Bob Murray, what are your overall thoughts on Bob Murray's influence, if any, on Aikens' coaching tactics? <laughs> I mean, that was kind of like the out that Aikens always had, and it's pretty clear that even if there was a Murray influence, Aikens is, didn't need any help to be a, a bad coach. All right. Darko Theory said, one, who out of the RFAs and UFAs are back next year? So, Comtois, Grant, Terry, Zegers, Magna, Shattenkirk, Beaulieu, Benoit, Harrington, Dostal, Moore, Stolars, Drysdale. Um, all right. Comtois, I'm just going to do this quick. Comtois, yes or no? No. Grant? No. Terry? Yes. Zegers? Yes. Magna? No. Shattenkirk? Yes. Benoit? Yes. Harrington? No. Dostal. Yes. John Moore. Yes. <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> Just keep paying him. Uh, Anthony Stolars. No. Jamie Drysdale. Uh, yes. And then two is why will the, the Ducks bring back Derek Grant? They, they it just. It's a new regime. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to throw that. If that happens. If that happens. Questions need to be asked. Yeah. Jared said best section in Honda center. I'm going to go with, I think it's section 220. Sure. Last row of section 220. Sure. Corner view right above the Zamboni tunnel. Great view of the benches looks out, sees the ducks attack twice. Best section. I have a question. Okay. Who are you rooting for? uh, Yukon or San Diego state, San Diego state. What's happening? They're, they're losing. Oh, damn. Go Uh, Yukon. Ducks Jackanut saying best chicken wing sauce slash favor Buffalo. Uh, none. That's not that. None. That doesn't answer the question. That does answer the question. All there right. are birds, no options. Birds asking best bird. Ooh, yeah, I saw that question earlier. Um, I don't know. There's some good birds out there. Are, are peacocks a bird? Yes. I'm gonna go with a peacock. Can peacocks fly? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, penguins can't fly, and I think they're technically birds. Yeah. Oh man, a, a, a cute, a cute baby penguin is tough to match. Yeah. Um, are flamingo? Oh, flamingo. I'm changing my my opinion to to flamingo. What are those bluebirds? A bluebird? A blue jay? <laughs> is that what they're called? <laughs> Shout out to the bluebirds. I'm going bluebirds. <laughs> Do you mean a blue jay? Well, there's blue jays, but there's okay. actually bluebirds. I'm like being the, told the... peacocks can fly. Just really? not far. Yes. Well, well, I'll be damned. Like chickens. Okay. Um, Lewis X two hundred nine says, "Why is jalapeno bread bad? Jalapeno cornbread is very good." Lou's that sounds awful. absolutely disgusting. Lou is, is aw- Lou is just awful right now. Uh, thanks, Tony Kempafu resubbed. Uh, so thank you so much. So his favorite bird is the silver bird. Okay. I need to up my bird game. That was a joke about Jacob Silverberg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay i just don't think about him ever <laughs> justin beck 11 said if the Leafs lose him the first round and keith is fired would that be a name worth looking into even though it is quote unquote a retread i don't know no i, I th- something different 
Okay. Something Keita different. Matt 15 says, I know you've talked about it before, but can you explain why taking Matvey Mishkov in the draft would be risky? Well, because you're going to have to wait longer and rush a situation. Yep. So just it's risky from the perspective of will he come over is the first question, which it's not a complete guarantee, even if it's likely. And, and having over. to ask that question is like not fun. And, and the second part is when is that going to happen? And so if you are the Ducks and you are entering the build portion you want to start making a push is he gonna be here he's is not. he not gonna like he's not gonna be here for a bit and so it's just it's just a different timeline and yep. so it's more so like a prospect that needs to develop as compared to one that just needs one more year of seasoning or is ready to go uh loki g said can we go in depth on certain players and where do you think they fit on the team zellweger like uh Mel, or he brings up zellweger minchukov and gauchet so zellweger minchukov i think you're yeah, top the, pairing, top top or top, top pairing four. and second, top pairing and second pairing D. Yeah, um, Zellweger probably. I mean, both of them are going to be your power play quarterbacks. Also, I mean, the Ducks may be in a situation where you have two defensemen on the power play just because of how good they are. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And then Gauthier, I mean, he's still likely like a third liner. Yeah, and so yeah. I agree with that. Uh, Ken Pafu said, now that we know around where the Ducks are going to be drafting, have you taken a look at any potential early second rounders? I don't think Dmitry no. uh, Semichev or Oscar Fisker Mulligard will be available. We might have a chance at landing Hugh Janis. Uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> let's go with that. Why does that name sound like he's trying Made to get up. me to say something? Name generator? Yeah. Oh. I mean, no, I haven't looked at the second round oh. at all yet. Now, now you understand okay. why my Anyways, confusion. Move on. <laughs> yep. All right. Moving on. We got some questions on uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, Peter Withrow uh, said, outside of the first round, is there anyone in this upcoming draft you'd be excited to see the Ducks draft? Uh, so to just <laughs> Hugh, completely Hugh, follow Hugh, up. Hugh Janice. <laughs> if that's a real person. Uh, Unconfirmed. I, yep. Yep. Ken Pafu said, uh, yeah, almost got him. Almost. That's a, that second question, though. Uh, yeah, the second question. For the fun of it, if you could pick one a Ducks player from their past to be their head coach, who would it be and why? Uh, not T with Solani. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. But yeah. <laughs> Just big, he, big oof. Big he's, oof. He, he's on the do not draft <laughs> list. Um, hmm. Former player. Former. Paul Korea. Paul Korea. Ryan Kessler. Underrated Duck historically. Kevin Bieksa. Yeah, give me a Kessler Bieksa. Who would coach, be uh, like co-coach? Yeah, who who would be a who and give a, us a sitcom about it? Who would be a good number three on that staff? Ryan Getzloff. Yeah, Getzloff, Kessler, and Bieksa would be the probably the most fun, best sound bites. Uh, yeah, uh, coaching staff in that. They have to be just mic'd up every practice and every game, though. Yeah, I mean, like I've like I've proven, Ryan Kessler is underrated. Historically, not overrated. Certainly, <laughs> NHL hits says uh, with Gibson being so close to every D- Ducks goaltending record, do you think that incentivizes him to stick around longer so he can be at the top? No, I think he wants to win. Uh, Mighty Flow Hockey brings up a good actual name, Adam Oates. Is it a good actual name? Maybe. How'd that go in Washington? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, let's see. Mark asks, do you feel like the Ducks need to sign or trade for a top two D man this summer? I don't, no. mainly because they have those coming within their system. You want to leave space, yeah, for those guys. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you can get a top-pairing right, right-hand right shot defenseman, maybe. Yeah. You, you, you look at that, but 
I mean, right now we have him signing Kevin Shattenkirk because of not saying that he's a top two D man, but it's just filling out the right side. And so well, if that's also just what we think will happen. Yeah. So, yep. Um, all right. And then I got one Twitter DM and then we'll come to YouTube and Twitch. So start getting your questions. in if you're on YouTube or Twitch, uh, but we have this one. Uh, William Lewis said, hi, Jake. I have two questions for the pod. If you don't mind ducks are now one goal. If I remember Felix, uh, correctly stating from the 1920 red wings goal differential do they end up on the good side of it tied or worse by a couple or demolished uh by the oilers kings and abs and end up at least 10 worse than the red wings yeah i think they're gonna get crushed and they're gonna far surpass you know quote unquote surpass that record yeah so the red wings were minus 122 that season and that wasn't even a, in a full season. The Ducks are now at minus 122 this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're going to end up uh, pretty bad. Uh, and two, if they do end up worse defensively or end up worse, does that make this the worst defensive team of the century? I mean, it sucks because we don't have numbers, like advanced numbers before the 07 08 uh, season. But you know what? Why not? Yes. Let's just, yeah, let's just I- say they are. I think it's hard to say state otherwise. Um, yeah. Okay. And now we're going to go to Twitch and YouTube. So for those of you listening to this podcast, you can find us at youtube.com slash crash pond or twitch.tv slash crash pond, where we do a live stream of the show, typically on Mondays at 7 p.m. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime gaming sub each and every month, and it does help out more than you can imagine. You, uh, you can be just like Kempafu and uh, resub to us, or if you prefer YouTube, or if you're just on Twitch or on uh, your pod services and you use YouTube, because let's be real, all of us use YouTube. Also, Fat Geralt, thank you so much, resubbed also. Um, uh, and everyone's on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, like the videos. We know how many listeners we get. We know how many viewers we get. And all that combined does not equal the amount of subscribers that we have on YouTube. So please, 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 if you enjoy this show, if you enjoy what you've seen, a way to support us is to go to YouTube, like, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, Even Wilder Wing said, uh, question, since you've done your boldest takes, can each of you offer your three least bold takes? Uh, Dallas Higgins is gone, number one. Okay. Well, give me a number two. Number two, uh, all three of the major RFAs are extended. Okay. And then Z. what would be what would be number three? Number three, least bold take. Le- least is, bold. I only know how to do bold. Least bold take is that. Um, oh, Kevin Shattenkirk resigns. Yeah. Yeah. There it's you just, go. It's just boring, but it's gonna happen. Yep. There you go. Um, all right. And oh, then, no, this is even less bold. Anthony Stolarz is gone. <laughs> Jason Megna is gone. <laughs> okay. Um, Enormous Elephant says, if you were for Beak, other than getting rid of Akins and getting his replacement, what's the first thing you do in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really hitting the nail on the head. Like, the coaching search to me is is, like, the biggest piece of business that needs to get done. Yeah. I think looking for ways to kind of just reshape that forward group because we t- i think that we've talked a lot about the d and how that needs building up but the pieces are there already the pieces are already there i think you need to find a way even if you don't bring in like a yes for brat you know if you can just bring in some more solid like even brought like look at i don't want to see the impact brock mcginn's had but just like bring in more guys who are just solid and who have some offensive punch to them would be nice can i have have i made my out there take on the main show yet 
I don't know what this is about. I've made it on the Patreon episode when I discovered this and thought this through. Uh, I don't by know the way, Brett, Brett Flo is asking, do the Ducks hire a coach before the draft? I think they do. Yeah, probably for the photo right. op. Yep. All right. The, this is a, uh, oh, Thatcher Alt saying, what happens to Vaca nine in next year? I mean, I hope he's just healthy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn shame. Um, my out there take. I mean, he's also signed that, for next year. So is that the ducks are going to leave themselves enough cap space to, for to, the summer to what, of to what for the summer of 2024 okay to bring austin matthews to oh anaheim. that's right Ugh, this take to bring austin matthews to anaheim are they gonna hire his like peewee coach into the organization you know maybe are like there's a path there this is my pie in the sky not he's probably he's, gonna he's happen got take. a lot of team usa connections on the team people are gonna try to gotcha me when he doesn't sign but this is me fully just saying it's a pie in the sky but the coyotes are not going to be in a position to really sign him that ownership group does not really want to pay money they're still probably going to be asu not going to have an arena built by then yeah he's supposed i think he spent some time in orange county well people people have connected him to the kings and i just i haven't looked at the king's cap sheet in depth but i don't see how they would make that happen either so I honestly think that maybe in the summer of 24, well, the Ducks Co- might be more attractive. Kopitar, Kopitar and Arvidsson come off the books yeah. for the Kings. So that's 14 mil opening yeah. up. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're Austin Matthews and I know that you can't really answer this cause you're completely biased, but who do you 100%. choose between the Kings and the Ducks? I guess I guess let me ask a better question. Is there a case for the Kings over the Ducks if you're Austin Matthews? Well, I think the case for the Kings over the Ducks is that they're probably going to be better next season. And so they they may, may be better in the 24-25 season. I mean, will they though? Like they're going to lose some pieces and Maybe. That's fair. Like yeah. I think the I think the Ducks pipeline is set up to be better in two seasons than the like, Kings. Like look at the look at the Kings blue line. Like Drew Doughty, Matt Roy, Vladislav Gavrikov. Um, well, he's a UFA, but Sean Walker, Sean, like, it's just not like, it's not really future laden. I also don't know if he would want to play in a Todd McClellan system. God, Drew Doughty has four years left at 11 million. Like if you like, that is also, I think a a piece of the puzzle with the coaching hire being so important is like finding a coach that is going to be attractive to play for. Right. Yep. Ricard Gronborg. Who who was Terry and uh, Matthews uh, <laughs> national development team program? Yeah, coach? just 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 dig up all the dig yeah. up all the old files and yeah. figure it out. But no, that that's my pie in the sky. There's a path that could be ha- that could happen there if he decides to leave uh, Toronto, which it's unknown if that happens. Um, so yeah, um, that's my, I don't know how I got there. There was a, a path, but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Jake M says, would a Terry Bratt, Bedard, Zegers, and McTavish forward group make the playoffs? Yes. Yes. That is a lot of talent. Yes. And think about all the people that have kind of been on the periphery of the the top six this year, whether it's a Vetrano, whether it's a Strom, those guys get pushed down. Yeah. Like that top six then next season is Henrik, Terry, Bratt, uh, Bedard, Zegers, McTavish. Yeah. Like Jeez. that is a like that like if you want to make the argument for not trading Adam Henrique at this last deadline, that's it. Yeah, and again to remind people, like Bedard is on the McDavid Crosby ilk. Yeah. So 
Yeah, that would be crazy. Yep. So, anything else you want to talk about? That's it. Wow, we actually... Okay, I want to... There's there's one more bone I want to pick with yeah. you. Baseball rule changes. Oh, I thought you were going to go with WrestleMania. No, I, I cannot care less. But okay. uh, baseball rule changes. Okay. Go, go. What do you mean go? Go. Just your thoughts. Uh, uh, they're good. They're great. They're, they're so good. They're fantastic. Let me ask let me ask a better question. What is the best rule change that they've made? Uh best rule change. God, it's it's tough, but I would probably go pitch clock. Really? I'd probably go pitch clock just because the the length of the game it was too long. It was too long yeah. from the per, like and here's the thing. I actually have talked about this more so in relation to wrestling when in course, my in, in the wrestling have. chat, but about like how you don't always want to cater to casuals, right? You really like, <laughs> oh which, boy. Is, which, which is, which is what some, going? which is what some people may say. Well, for, no, but, but I have for, a great, I have a great counter to that once you're done, which is what some people may say is what you want to do for, or what the pitch clock is doing. And I've kind of rallied against that a bit of, you should try to do things for the the group that's brought you there, for the people that are the diehards. And if there's something that in that is that doesn't impact them but brings in more casuals, that's the ideal situation. And that is what the pitch clock does. The pitch clock doesn't change anything about the actual baseball game. It just makes it so every pitcher has to pitch the ball quicker, and mm-hmm. it makes the length of games a lot less. As someone that goes to bed earlier because I have a child now. It means that I can watch more of the game. It means that I, as my son gets older, will be able to have him watch more of the game and them not end at 10, 30, or 11. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it, it's great from that perspective. The game's a lot faster now. It's a lot more stuff going on. And so I think while I think the no shift rule helps with offense a I lot. I mean, that to me, that to me is the best rule change. That, that's the most impactful from the, yes. the on-field perspective. Yes. But from the global kind of entertainment viewing Bigger of bags. the game. Yeah. I mean, those, what, I don't. <laughs> Number <whatever>. one. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, to me, that that's that's the biggest one. But, yeah, I like the shift also. Well, here's the thing with the pitch clock is that I was reading this article about how this writer went back and watched, like, timed games from, I forget how long ago. It was, like, 20 years ago. And. Baseball games have actually gotten longer over the last 20 years. Like it wasn't always this way where it took three hours plus. It actually used to take closer to what we're seeing at the start of the season, like two and a half to three. And so this idea that, oh, they're just, you know, they're crumbling and catering to the casuals by doing this. It's like, no, it, it this is just kind of bringing it like just kind of resetting the clock a little bit, like bringing it back to where it was. Because really, when you distill it down, the reason it takes so long is or the reason it took so long is just guys fidgeting at the plate pitchers what have you so i love that i love that rule change but to me though the biggest difference maker is the is the lack of a shift yeah and like and i don't know why like i've seen opposition to that and i'm just kind of like you know what it what is who benefits from the shift like i get the team's benefit like in terms of whatever defense well, but it's like do the fans benefit from that the, like less the, offense the like, argument- what is this what is this about <laughs> Yeah, the argument for doing it is that you are, or for allowing shifts, is you are allowing teams to use their analytics to be able to play their players in better positions. And so 
you're ruining analytics. But I, I think to equate it to hockey, it's almost like what the Ducks – or not what the Ducks. What the <laughs> NHL did coming out of the 05 or yes. 0405 lockout of removing the two-line pass because while the, the trap was a sound defensive system to slow down games, especially when you were up in a game – it was not good hockey overall and not for, good for the game. Yeah. And so by removing the two line pass as a rule, you're opening up the ability to break out the puck a lot better and essentially making the, 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 um, the trap a lot harder to do. And I think that that is a good kind of way to equate this and it opens up more holes. I saw actually Cody Bellinger make a good point that you're actually going to see infielders have to be more athletic as a result of it. Also, yeah. Because it, it makes it harder. And, and in every le- every level of baseball, when you barrel a ball, you know you hit that well, and it should be a hit. And in the MLB is the only place where that can happen. There's a guy just standing there to pick it up like a ground ball and well, throw you think out. Think about how hard it is to hit a major league pitch. Yeah. like, And and the reward for that, like you said, is just hitting it to a guy that's already there. Yeah. like it, To me, it, it rewards what the game is about like the hardest thing in the game is to hit the ball. So, yeah. yep. I, I'm and, good with it. What do you yeah. think about teams now doing the shift, but with their outfielders? Ooh. Have you seen this? No, I have that not. That, that for instance, instead of shifting everyone for a left-handed pull hitter to the right side of the infield and having three infielders on the right side and one on the left, they are now putting their left fielder in mm. the position where they would have whatever infielder it was that was on the outfield grass. I mean, I would need to look into it more, but it makes sense. Like teams are going to look for ways to counter this. Like they're going to look for ways to combat this. And like, this is the great thing about sports is that like people always are are worried that, oh, analytics are going to ruin X sport. And like baseball, I feel like has had the loudest outcry for that. And it's like, well, we can just change the rules. Like we can, we can rejigger this and people and the the teams are going to have to figure it out all over again. So if that becomes an issue or if something else becomes an issue, that's really just degrading the the watchability of the game, then you can always change the rules again. Like it's, that's yep. the best part about this. And to me, it's just, it's made me so much more intrigued about this baseball season that the fact yep. that they changed the rules. So, all right. App asked this question. Uh, what does Felix think about uh, the, the WrestleMania booking decisions of one Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Uh, I don't know what decisions. I mean, technically, it, supposedly it was Triple H making all of these calls, not Vince. That is the the line that is being put out there. But, man, what an awful decision for the booking of the main event of Mania. Just awful. I just, I just want to know why uh, Vince McMahon looked like Saddam Hussein at that press conference today. Uh, why did he n- dye his hair and dye n- his, like, pencil the, mustache? The funniest part of all of that is that he's been on camera like at various times over the last like year or two. And during that he's had gray hair and white hairs. Yeah. Like it, it he, must like, be for some kind of like weird shoot or something like it, it, no. that can't be a look. He's actually going for refuse no. to believe that. No, it's him being vain. It's Vince McMahon being the most vain person in the world. You know what? Being, though? That's being, fine. Being a narcissist and thinking that that's a good look and not having anyone around him. That's willing to tell you that. <laughs> Would you want it any other look. way though? I hate it. he's uh, I mean he's like by all accounts like there's an awful there's, person. There's some not great things but like outwardly the character him and him and Dana White two peas in a pod with Endeavor <sighs> now. Yeah, that I'm very curious though if there's going to be crossover with you know UFC it's a, and it's and a, it's WWE. A, it is a merger now. They are un, they are in the same company. Yes. I mean I think that they're both There was some distinction though between the two but 
No, I'm just it, curious. They, they are creating a new company that both of them are under that is a merger of WWE and Dev, Endeavor yes. UFC. Yes. And, that, and there are, I think, five... Majority of the board members on the thing, I think, are from WWE and the rest are UFC. Or no, majority are, are Endeavor slash UFC and the rest are WWE. That's how it was. Yeah. But, are we, yeah. we going to see, uh, you know, Conor McGregor and... In, in WWE. Oh. He already tweeted, by the Lou, way, that Lou, him, Lou, Lou says he looks like if Artie Moreno, Saddam Hussein, and Walt Disney had a baby. Oh, my God. That's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> um, yeah. So, lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. Baseball oh. season, hockey playoffs, yeah. NBA playoffs. AEW is about to go on a Andrew, heater with... Andrew Wiggins finally back to the Golden State Warriors. Very a- happy about that. BCC versus the Elite story going into summer. Not paying attention to WWE again after all this garbage. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't exactly boycott uh, WWE. No, I, I I got sucked in for Mania. It happens. I I it's probably the granddaddy. Get, I probably will get sucked back in for SummerSlam when that comes around. But I mean, it, I think it's always hard. It's like I mean, it's kind of like to analogize it to hockey. It's like it's like rooting for Team Canada after everything that happened. It's like I think it's fair to want to see like the the athletes yeah. succeed. Right, and it's yeah. probably the same thing in, in wrestling. Well, I think especially when doesn't the doesn't mean ev- you support the organization or whatever. Well, especially when the main event had a guy f- that helped build the company that I like the most that was a founding member of that in EVP and wanting to see him kind of succeed after the trials that he went through after getting shit-canned by WWE. And so that probably plays into me being pissed also about the the result of that main event. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that. And I think it's also like a Super Bowl, right? You don't want to miss the event even if you don't care about it. Yes. I mean, I don't know if that's your best argument, but... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's an argument. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I, we've got the wheels turning. Anything else? Um, no. Looks I mean... Like, looks like San Diego State will lose, so... Mm. Well, there, yeah. there's still a bunch of time, but... I'm calling it now. They'll lose. <laughs> Sean fights asking, was the mustache uh, a way to forget about last year's stunner? Oh, that stunner that he took was so bad. Here's what I'll say about wrestling. Okay. So I don't, you know, I don't keep up with it, but I do. I see tweets, you know, I follow, yeah. I follow Errol Hawani's for MMA, but he's become like, you know, knees deep into, into wrestling. So I get exposed to it. And I will say this, I think, Pro like actual pro sports leagues, right? Competitive pro sports leagues. Yeah, um, should pay more attention to how pro wrestling promotes itself. Yeah, because because it's a like, carny ass sport. Think about why people like th- like look at the freaking crowds at these events. Like l- yeah. listen to the volume of the crowds. Like look at the amount of engagement. Like look at how much people care and the replies on Twitter. Like and again, like nothing like. I don't want to say nothing is at stake because there is something at stake, but it's like there is an actual script. Everything that they accuse NFL and other leagues of having, of having a script, yeah. like there's actually a script, but it's watching a live action play. Yes. And I think that like make like playing up, playing up rivalries, you know, pushing narratives, creating characters like that's you, you can say that it's corny. You can say that it's dumb and that like, you know, we're pro sports are above all of that, but like, we're here to be entertained at the end of the day. And like no one is above that. I don't think. And it just makes it more fun. Yep. So anyway, at the end of the day, storytelling, storytelling. Matters. I mean, no, but like, actually like sports are in general about storytelling, right? Yes. 
And the beauty of sports is that it's a, a story that no one knows the ending to. Yeah. And and being able to play that up, being to go into that and, and tell the story that you want to and at least control your narrative a little bit with that. I, I think it's important. Yeah. By the way, Shohei Tani with another home run. This one, 431 feet. And Does the that... exit, exit velocity, 110 miles an hour. And the Angels are currently winning 4-3. to three. Here's a question. Does anyone want to play these Angels come October? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about the roster. I don't. I don't either. And I hope I did. I didn't mean to jinx it, but I just had to steal your bit for that one. Does anyone want to play the the giant? These giants, big win today. Oh yeah, Retflo. Retflo with a great pick. T- if Zegers took, took one of three against the Yankees, you know. If if Zegers was a wrestler, he'd be Shawn Michaels. Yeah, great, great call. The heartbreak kid. I don't know what that means. AKA, he would also be a young buck. That's for you, Lou. He is. Ba- he is literally baby faced. Yeah, he's the young bucks. So he's an he's an over the top baby face or over the top kind of in your face baby face or can also be a shitty heel that is arrogant beyond all belief. <laughs> Either way. I hope people understand that Jake is speaking in the wrestling context here. Oh yeah, I don't so. mean that Zegris is that. I'm saying if he was Although meant to be, he might he actually was, be arrogant beyond all belief. We don't well, know. Well, if if he was a heel, that would be the character he would play. Yes. Like if he was trying yeah. to be a bad guy. Okay. Well, on that note, why don't we get out of here? Yeah, it's, it's been a good show. Let's uh, let's go out while we're still on top. I'll uh, okay. I don't know, name your recent retirement of someone who went out on top. Can't think of any right now. Has that ever happened with the Ducks? A player leave? Backus? Ryan Getzlaff. He went out on top. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Relatively speaking, went out on top. Anyway, yeah. if you enjoyed today's show and you want to help us keep this thing going, there's a few really easy ways for you to support us. Number one, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond for a dollar a month, $1 per month pledge. You get access to our patrons only discord server. I mean, it's just so much fun to be in there. Like just the, the constant banter, the jokes, the, the diehard discussion of, of the team, the ducks of the rest of the NHL, various different channels. So you're not limited to hockey talk. You can go talk about baseball wrestling. You can talk about wrestling. I think the wrestling channel has actually become my favorite because it's like three people, maybe four. No, there's, there's like, there maybe are five, there are five of us that are in there talking <laughs> wrestling a decent amount. I invaded some, it this weekend and with, you were pissed with, you, because you, you were just trolling. You were not happy about my presence. I, I was not happy about it with the way that you were handling the, which channel. is funny because I wasn't like, I was just putting in news, just giving commentary. Were you, were you? Yes exposing you for being a hypocrite you know like lou 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 please chime in in the the twitch chat was he being there just for news i was i was a valuable presence to the wrestling channel so anyway it's the best i i honestly like i can't i can't speak enough about it about how how much fun it is Um, and by the way speaking of that i just want to say major love to everyone in the discord like we don't say we don't say this enough but like we made the place with the the patreon but it is not what it is right now without all of you that are in there especially the people that are there kind of really help drive conversation and And, and making it what it is like like we can't really take that much credit for it because it's just organically become this beautiful community so i I just want to say thank you to everyone in there and and it's truly one of the best places you can be to talk hockey and just 
find some people just that you enjoy talking shit. with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also what's great about it is that it's like living and breathing. So, I mean, there's new faces, there's new voices. It's not like it remains static. Yeah. Right. Cause if you, if you were to rewind like two years, it would look completely different than it does yep. now. Yep. And it's only gotten better. So, yep. Anyway, that's for a dollar. I mean, think about it. A f- one freaking dollar. I spent $5 today on a coffee. Like, there's I, just so many worse ways to spend money. The way I put it is it's an idiot tax to keep out the trolls. Yeah, also a good point. You can avoid Twitter entirely. So yep. that's always good. Uh, for $5 a month, you get access to that, plus two bonus podcasts. So we'll have two bonus episodes for you this month. Um, and that's just more of what we've seen today. Just un- unfiltered talk, more unfiltered than here where we talk about the rest of the NHL on top of the Ducks. Um, that's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read the review on the show. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Subscribe there, turn on notifications. Uh, like the video, comment on the video. The YouTube comments are always pretty funny and interesting. Um, find us on Twitter. Search for the Sporting Tribune on Twitter. Follow Derek Lee. Um, follow Jake at Reindeer Games 91 Follow me at Felix underscore Sicard. And that will do it for tonight's show. Oh, do want to give a quick shout out? Probably won't hear this, but that's okay because he doesn't listen to podcasts, much less our podcast. But congrats to one CJ. The, yes. Uh, the, the, third, yes. the third element of the, the triumvirate of this show. Yes. Who, yes. Has CJ come on the show this, this season? I don't think so. It's been a while. Well, he got it. He got engaged in Costa yes. Rica. Yes. And we're Finally. not outing him here because he basically flooded the internet with you know pictures. So I, I don't think uh, I don't go, think we're screwing go, the pooch go, here. Go say congrats to CJ on Twitter. Yeah, go hit him up. I think it's at CJ Woodling uh, or just search CJ Woodling. I don't think there's too many of those out there. So it's also the the one with engagement pictures on their timeline. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're, you'll be able to miss him. But yeah, congrats to him. That's pretty exciting. Um, anyway, on that note, uh, have a great rest of your week. Hopefully the the Ducks lose out the rest of this, the schedule, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye.